in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this Matthew 1:18 through 25 reads now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit then Joseph, her husband, being ju a just man and not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Luke 2, 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone and his own, to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for, I be, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they made widely known 
the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen. Good evening, everyone. How many of you guys enjoyed the youth reading the scriptures tonight? Amen. Me too. Yeah, that was, uh, I enjoyed that. That was fun. I want to just talk to you briefly. Now, this is something that God has really uh, took hold of my heart this season for some reason. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the shepherds again. I just did this a couple of Sundays ago. And I'm going to talk about the shepherds again. The title of my sermon is, Joy is Here. Joy is Here. Let's, uh, Michaela just read this, but I'm going to go back and reread that Luke 2 passage just a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole thing. And I certainly is not going to do as good a job as Michaela did, but I'm going to, I'm going to read some of it. So hear this part of it. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flock. Now, how many of you know anything about sheep? Okay. They're not very smart animals. Okay. So these shepherds were just out there doing their daily activities. their their job, they're out there working, they're just doing what they do every day. They're out there watching a bunch of sheep in a field. Now we assume this was at night, and so maybe I assume this was at night. But anyway, they're just out there watching. And I don't know, I I know for for me, around my animals, at nighttime they just kind of get lazy. They're just there. And so if you're out in the the field watching your sheep, you know, you're just kind of sitting there, maybe twiddling your thumbs. Okay? So you're just sitting there. So that night they were in Bethlehem. Uh, Shepherds, they were watching their flock. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared in a radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field. So that's why I'm making the assumption we were at night, right there. Lighting up the field with a blaze of glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. Now, how many of us would be terrified, right? Okay, we're sitting out there doing our job, watching our sheep, and all of a sudden we have this blaze of glory that lights up the entire sky. The angel of the Lord said, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize Him By this miraculous sign, you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very army of heaven. And they all praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest of heaven, for there is peace and good hope to the sons of men. Joy is here. I love this story, and I think God has captured my heart because this this year has been hard to be joyous. Can we be honest? Can we just have a little conversation here? This year has been very difficult to be joyous. And so I think about it, and I think, okay, Happiness, joy, they're pretty similar. They're really close. If you look them up in the dictionary, they're kind of intertwined together. Matter of fact, the, the, the definition of joy is to have happiness. So, I mean, they're intertwined in the Webster Dictionary. And so I'm thinking, well, what's the difference? 
Happiness, joy. I mean, the Bible talks about the Lord of heaven was born and there was joy in the earth for everyone, everywhere. He didn't say there was happiness. That's not what he said. He said there was joy. Is there a difference? And so I'm sitting here going, all right, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. I just don't get it because I read the dictionary and it all seems all the same to me. God said that happiness is external. It takes external factors to make me happy. Something has to happen to make me happy. Example, I mean, get a new car, I'm happy. Bought a house, I'm happy. Everything external that would happen to me makes me happy. When my children were born, I was joyous. Yeah, that was an external factor. I know you can say, well, that, that's, you're, you're splitting hairs there. I understand I'm splitting hair. I don't have much to split, but I'm splitting hairs there. I understand that. But no, that was an internal factor that happened to me. Yes, an external thing happened. I physically had a child born. Okay, So yes, that was a, a physical thing. But it was part of my family. It grew my family. It was internal to me. I was joyous. So let me help you with that. My sons don't always make me happy. But I'm always joyous. I have my sons. See the difference? And so God was showing me that, you know, in 2020 this year, we haven't always been happy. Not everything that's happened has made us happy. But as we celebrate this Christmas season, I want you to know that joy is here. The Lord Jesus Christ is still active, is still on the throne, is still moving in and out of the earth, doing stuff with us, for us, and because He loves us, still. Joy is here. You know, I've got lots of friends. There's people in this room. There's people watching on the internet that great things have happened to them this year. And so when somebody come up to them and they said, hey, 2020 was a terrible year. I hated 2020. They have to look at that person and go, my family had a great year. Because they had joy in their lives. I've got friends that had grandchildren in 2020. That's a joyous occasion. We've seen tragedy. Tragedy has happened to several of us, including my family. But as I sit back and I think, okay, we've had tragedy in 2020, but God, but God is still a part of our lives and still moving and doing stuff for us. And we live a blessed life. Because of the joy of the Lord. So if you hear me say nothing else today, nothing else, hear me say that joy is here. Right now, in 2020, joy is here. And it doesn't take external factors, happiness to give you joy. Joy is from within. You know, in Nehemiah, when they were rebuilding the walls and the city, chapter 8, verse 10, I believe it is, the text says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not the happiness. Just to piggyback on what Trav said. Not the happiness. Not that emotion of happiness. But that joy that's based in your soul and in your spirit that comes only from heaven. Didn't come from circumstances. 
doesn't mean you don't get sad or you don't grieve if someone you love dies. I mean, honestly, it's hard to grieve if you know they went to heaven. I mean, we miss them. But gosh, I, I wouldn't want them back. I, I wouldn't want to extract them from the joys of heaven. Well, maybe I would some. You know, but it comforts me beyond words to know that my friend Bill Buckner is in heaven tonight with his amazing wife. I could name some others, but that's most recent. It comforts me in ways I don't even understand. And I'm thankful. Not that I laugh about it, but I rejoice. Or I rejoice knowing the destination for all of us. Amen. I'd like to talk to you about lighting the candles for just a minute. In Mark chapter 4, after the parable of the sower sows the word, Jesus speaks this other thing. He said, you don't have a light and put it under a bushel. The purpose of a light is to not be hidden under a bushel. You say, oh, pastor, I don't have a light. You have a light. You have a light. His name is Jesus. You have a light. But you know, your story of your walk with God is your light. I'm just sitting here looking at Grandma Wofford, you know, and she served in the nursery in a local church for 40 or 50 years without missing a Sunday. Now, if that's not 100 water, I don't know what that is. Thank you for shining brightly for those babies, those moms and dads. See, I don't think we understand sometimes. Our faithfulness in a local church because we have some people here from different congregations. In a local church, our faithfulness is a light. Our obedience to God, even when it requires sacrifice on our part. I don't want to preach. Travis did a great job. But I'm just saying, this light tonight, we're going to light the candles. And the light that you're going to have, I wanted to remind you of something. You have a light. Now the devil's going to try to come and just put your light out. He's going to try to cover, the, cover it with a bushel. He's going to try to snuff it out. But you have a light. He's going to come to try to destroy your light. But he cannot. Unless you let him. As we come to the end of 2020 and we head ourselves into 2021, which has some really unknown territory to it. I want you to look at that candle tonight. And I'll remind you. But... And remember, I've got a light. I might even have you say it. I've got a light. And that light is your testimony. It's your story of the goodness of God, of the greatness of God, of the provision of God. And when it didn't work out like you thought it was going to work out, it worked out anyway. That's the thing. If you don't quit on God, He won't quit on you. You know, the Bible says that God is faithful and He cannot be not faithful. In his creative nature, he is a faithful God. Now, I may be faithless, I may fail, but he will not. He does not, he cannot. Because it's who he is. Amen. Sister, Lord, as we light these candles tonight, we know that you are the light. 
Lord, I want this church to remember that we are light. And that our light is the grace you've worked in us. And it's the story of our lives, of your faithfulness and your provision. So as we light these candles, we've been given a light, and that light is not to be put under a bushel. It's not to be hidden. It's to be shining forth into the lives of this world. And people in the world who do not know Jesus, people who in the world who don't, who, who think they know Jesus, but they know a Jesus I don't recognize. You understand what I'm saying? They, they're religious, but they don't know the life-giving power of Jesus Christ. And you're a light, and you may be the only light they have this year. You may have the only light they have this year. So listen to these words. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. If I could sing, I'd lead us in it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, two things. Number one, it's not a little light. It's a magnificent, glorious, radiant reflection of the glory of God in your life. It's amazing. We do have to let it shine. It means I, ha I need to speak up. What do we call it? Soul winning, witnessing, but I, I need to let it come out and not quench the light. Or not, you know, your story is so powerful and it's so magnificent. It's so wonderful. It's hard to describe how amazing your light is. I want to challenge you in 2021, as we get through Christmas here, celebrating Jesus, next week we head into the new year. Church, let it shine. I'm not sure what church is going to look like next year. We may have more people online. We may have less people online. We may have more people in the house wearing masks or less people in the house wearing masks. I'm not sure what next year is going to look like, but we are going to be the church, and as the church, we're going to let that light shine. And that light's your story. Your story of how Jesus saved you. Your story of how Jesus healed you. Your story of how Jesus comforted you when you were in a painful place. When you were confused and didn't know what to do. Your testimony of God's provision in that time is a light. And if you will ask the Lord, He will give you opportunities to to shine, shine, shine. Amen? So, Lord, say it with me. Lord, Lord let, my light shine. let my light shine. I don't want it under a bushel. I know I'm not perfect. I'm not qualified. But you've been good to me. You've given grace in my life. Lord, empower me, please, to shine for you in this new year. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.